While some players impressed for the New Orleans Saints in their win over the Los Angeles Chargers, others still have a lot of work to do. Who are those that need a big week ahead? We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdet Nation and Houdet family? Welcome in to another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much, as always, for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget, you can always subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to keep the conversation going one-on-one with me, gain access to our exclusive film studies, Q&As, inside information, and much more. You can head over to joinsubtext.com slash locked on saints to join a community I would love for you to be a part of. As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson at Ross Jackson Nola on your favorite social media, your New Orleans Saints expert credential member of the media. You can find me as the senior writer and reporter over at Saints News Network, Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation site covering the New Orleans Saints every Tuesday on the Locked on NFL podcast and here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked on Saints. On today's episode of Locked on Saints, we are brought to you by BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today to get 15% off your first month. Gonna tell you a little bit more about them here in a little bit. On today's episode of Locked on Saints, we're gonna recap a weird and wild day for the New Orleans Saints and what it means, including stuff down to the field. We're gonna take a look as well at who had the best week all told, not just the preseason game, but those joint practices as well. But first, I want to start off with the fact that this is a make or break week for some players. And we should remember that when we're talking about a make or break week for some players, we're talking about their careers, their livelihood, and their jobs. We're having this conversation. So when I highlight players here, know that what I'm doing here is saying, hey, here are the players that need to show up big time over this week. But in no way am I sitting here and trying to diminish the importance of what they're trying to do for themselves, their family, all these other things. Now that we're kind of in the right perspective here, let's take a look at the players that need to make some big strides, take some big steps this week. And I want to start off with wide receiver Brian Edwards. This is a big time about face 180 for me because I went into training camp saying, I believe that Brian Edwards was the far and away clear and obvious Wide receiver four behind the big guys and Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, and Rashid Shahid. And so far, I have been absolutely incorrect on that assumption. Brian Edwards has not been the player that I thought he was going to be since he arrived here in New Orleans. I gave him a lot of headway because of the fact that he has all of that chemistry, all that familiarity already with quarterback Derek Carr. And I don't think that that can be overstated. I do think that that is important. However, it's clearly not enough, right? What we're seeing over and over again with Brian Edwards is an inability to finish plays. We're seeing an inability to finish one-on-one reps sometimes, not being able to create separation. He's the only player that I have seen so far for the New Orleans Saints throughout one-on-ones that has, has not been able to create separation against cornerbacks by such a wide margin that the quarterback doesn't even throw the ball. And then now we're getting into situations like what we saw against the Los Angeles Chargers to where not only are you coming down with catches targeted four times with no catches in this game, 
but you're also flagged twice for offensive pass interference penalties on the same drive, both of those plays wiping away touchdowns. Now, the first one I don't really hold against Brian Edwards. We see this all the time in the NFL, the rub routes or what the defense would call the pick routes. And they just decided the referees that that one was a pick route. And so they threw the flag. I don't really blame him when it comes to that one. But then later on, we saw him clearly like cutting into another defender, lowering his shoulder to kind of create the obstruction, all these other things. The scheme will take care of all that. You don't have to do the extra stuff. The scheme will take care of all that. The crossing patterns, forcing uh, uh, corners into trail techniques, all these other things. Like the, The scheme will create the conflict defender that the quarterback reads and then delivers the pass based on. You don't have to help. You're good. You know what I mean? And so you have all that. You have sort of these situations where like Jake Hayner puts a big pass downfield to him and he just kind of lets up on the play. And I understand that maybe he felt that he was overthrown there, but go try to make your quarterback right. You know what I'm saying? And so it's just little things like that that we see from guys like Shaq Davis, that we see from guys like A.T. Perry, that we see from guys like like, like John Trey Kirkland, who just joined the team. And we don't see from Brian Edwards. This has not been the Brian Edwards that I thought you were going to see in the New Orleans Saints uniform and donning the Florida Lee. And at this point, unless he has a big week this week, he won't be donning a New Orleans Saints uniform and he won't be sporting a Florida Lee for the 2023 regular season. At least that's the way that it's trending right now. Let's look at another player that could use a little bit of help after Sunday's game. And it's Lucas Krull. Lucas Krull is coming off of an injury. So we should remember that. Came down hard on that tailbone during practice. I saw that play. I saw that moment. I watched him get hurt. I understand what he's dealing with. And so him sort of going up and making some of these contested catches, completely understand how maybe that could be a little daunting right now, but you've got to be able to move past that. And so he was targeted eight times, came down with just three catches, including a big drop in the end zone. I mean, a pass up the seam that Jake Hayner put right in the bread basket for him. Yes, he had a defender that he was supposed to be, you know, that he had to fight for that ball with. But part of your game as a big body pass catching tight end is that you've got to be able to win those 50-50 balls. And the New Orleans Saints right now are kind of in limbo when it comes to this tight end position. You know you've got Jawan Johnson, Foster Moreau, Taysom Hill, who can all help you from that position. Jimmy Graham, we kind of have to wait and see what's going on with him right now. He had that unfortunate medical emergency that led to an arrest and then him going to the doctor and get the help that he actually needed and all these other things. Uh, but we're still not sure how long he's going to be away from football while that gets taken care of. It's, it's been said that it's going to be seizure related. Full disclosure, I've battled seizures since I was 15 years old when I had a brain tumor and had to get the brain tumor removed. It's why I have a big old scar on the back of my head. Um, if it's in, if it's epilepsy related, like what I have, then yeah, it's going to be getting away of football, but sometimes seizures happen completely on a one-off. Sometimes scar tissue is healing in the brain. And all of a sudden that triggers a seizure. Like it can be these little tiny things, sometimes stress, whatever. So it could be that it was a one-off situation. He had that and then he's done and he's good. Uh, but they have to do a lot of testing. They have to do a lot of good medical search to make sure that they know that for sure before they potentially put him in, put him on the field and in danger. So with that tight end room in flux, Lucas Kroll is the guy that's got to be able to show out. So after not really being able to put it all together here on uh, Sunday against the Chargers, hopefully he'll be able to make good on some more opportunities as he's healthier going into this week. Now, the New Orleans Saints will not have joint practices against the Houston Texans. We're going to get into that as a part of the weird wild week here in a little bit. 
Uh, the last thing that I'll mention here in terms of players that need a big week, just something from second, third team offensive line would be great. Uh, Calvin Throckmorton had to leave the game uh, with an injury. Saints are already without Landon Young. Saints have been kind of managing without Andrews Pete. The second unit has not been what the second unit could be for the New Orleans Saints because of all of the injuries, and it just kind of has to get better. And it's either got to get better or once those roster cuts happen, think people are going to get replaced. People that we thought were going to be on this 53-man roster on the offensive line are going to be replaced by veterans with NFL experience that might be able to help the Saints out a bit more. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Saints reach out to some other offensive linemen that are out there going into this week of practice. Guys like Greg Little, Dalton Reisner make a ton of sense. I don't know that they want to go up to that level of offensive linemen. Maybe they want to go a little bit lower, but whatever it is that they do, I wouldn't be surprised to see them bring in some more competition because guys like Tommy Kramer, guys like uh, Max Garcia struggling a little bit, Alex Pilstrom continues to struggle. Like The Saints have got to figure something out here in terms of who are going to be their best nine, their best eight, their best 10, however many offensive linemen they're keeping. And I don't know right now that you can comfortably pick a best nine or a best 10, right? So you've got to be able to go out there and find those players or those players need to show up right now, like right now. So they've got one week to get that done. Coming up next, let's go through a weird wild day for the New Orleans Saints, which includes a big problem on the field that this team needs to clean up, penalties. Got that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp Therapy Online. Sometimes in life, we're faced with some really, really tough choices, and it's hard to find that path ahead. I know I've certainly been there multiple times in my life, whether it's career, personal relationships, whatever it might be. Sometimes having somebody to talk it out with that's completely removed from the situation and can just kind of see it from a really unbiased standpoint can be all the difference in exactly what it is that you need. So maybe it's more helpful for you to listen to and learning more like positive coping skills and things like that, how to set boundaries, positive self-talk, all of those things. Therapy can help get you there. So if you're thinking about starting therapy, please consider giving BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule because you can do it on your own schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire. They'll get you matched up with a licensed therapist right away. And then you can switch therapists as you need as well for no additional costs. Let therapy be your map so that you can find your way with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on to get 10% off of your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. It was a weird, wild day for the New Orleans Saints today or Sunday, Um, and it's not going to get any better if things continue on for the Saints the way that they have over the course of the first two regular season games. Appreciate you as always, y'all, for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day and for being here with us, uh, however it is that you catch the show. Very, very much appreciate all the support. Uh, and whether you're here because you love the Saints or whether you're here because you're a former Raiders fan and you love Derek Carr, I love it. And I thank you very much for being here. Uh, the New Orleans Saints over the course of the first two preseason games have committed 23 penalties, penalties, 23 penalties for 222 yards. Now I'm all about repeating numbers. I think repeating numbers are a sign that you're doing the right thing in life. Uh, this is not that case. <laughs> this is not an example of that. Um, 
the New Orleans Saints have got to get the penalties figured out. And listen, here's what I know, right? Here, here are the things that I know. It's not the first team offense. It's not the first team defense. We saw the first team offense commit one penalty. It was a false start penalty against the Kansas City Chiefs. It's fine. It's fine. But even still, having a lack of discipline with your second and third team units, knowing you're going to see some of those players during the regular season because this is football and first team players are going to get hurt. Therefore, you're going to see second and third team players. This can't be a thing, right? Like you already have to deal with so many penalties. It's clear that the NFL and that referees look at the New Orleans Saints and go, this team commits a lot of penalties, so I'm ready to throw the flag, right? And so you see that all the time. So you already know you're going to get flagged, but you can't. You just cannot give them the reason for it. The holding penalties, the false starts, um, illegal men downfield, the, the pick plays on the offensive pass interference. A defensive holding call, which we rarely ever see in the NFL when it comes to a defensive lineman on a run play. Those things were happening during this Los Angeles Chargers game. And as much as I would love to sit here and kind of join the chorus of people that are saying, oh, well, it's just the NFL, it's just the referees, and they're like, they're doing their thing, it's the preseason two, and blah, 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 blah. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like you've seen this year in and year out for the New Orleans Saints that penalties have been a problem. And while there's not a lot of correlation between preseason and regular season, you can find some correlation and penalties tend to be correlative when it comes to preseason and regular season action. You do not want to be the team that went through and committed a boatload of penalties preseason and then never did anything about it. And that's why you see Dennis Allen not happy at all about those. He gave his speech to the locker room after their win against the Kansas City Chiefs, and he said, hey, we started off really strong, but then things went downhill. We got to clean up the penalties. A lot of self-inflicted wounds. Okay, you know that he had the same thing to say in a day where they had 14 penalties for 141 yards. It's inexcusable. It's inexcusable. Now, they were able to help themselves with three takeaways as well as an additional two turnovers on down. So that's a total of five turnovers. I think you can say that the Saints forced in this game. That will help you win a game, especially when you don't commit any turnovers over on the offensive side, which we did not see the Saints do in this one. Uh, And so maybe that helps with the 14 penalties for 141 yards. But look, you're not always going to get three takeaways. You're not always going to get two turnovers on downs, but you better not always get 14 turnovers or 14 penalties for 141 yards. So that's got to get buckled down. Maybe when it's just mostly the first team playing 50, 60 snaps, 40 to 60 snaps, whatever it may be, you'll see those penalties go away. That's fine. But you've got to start that work now. And I think a nice performance without as many penalties, five or six of them, thanks. Fine. Fine against the Texans next weekend. But that's definitely something that's got to get cleaned up. So that was just the first part or one, one part of a wild and weird day for the New Orleans Saints. The NFL decided not to cancel this game, despite the fact that there was the first ever tropical storm warning in California. I spent a lot of my life in California. I went to graduate school in UC Irvine, not but seven or eight minutes away from where we were just at joint practices at the Jack R. Hammett Sports Center, uh, Sports Complex, excuse me, Sports Center, Sports Complex over in Costa Mesa. Uh, I lived and worked in theater at the, you know, in, in, uh, Los Angeles, where they played this game, which was technically in Inglewood. I used to live up in like North Hollywood, th- that type of area, but I worked all over the place, including right off the 105 at the Nate Holden Performing Arts Center. Like I'm familiar with the area. These are not places that are equipped to handle hurricanes. Okay. There's a lot of things that California can deal with. One of them is not hurricanes. 
But the NFL just decided, yeah, well, you know, it's the preseason. We need the ad revenue. It's on NFL Network. Whatever their reasoning was, was not worth the fact that you're now about to fly home an entire football team's worth of people, 170 plus people that travel with this team. Especially when you've got a 90-man roster, they now have to try to fly out of LA and get to LA as quickly as possible. That uh, second LA being Louisiana, of course. So. The New Orleans Saints at the time that I'm recording this are expected to land here in New Orleans at 3 a.m. Fingers crossed that everything goes well in terms of that trip. Um, But that wasn't all. Right before the game, 5.1 magnitude earthquake. Because why not? Because why not? Hmm. Well, you got a little hurricane coming? Oh, well, how about I just give you a little earthquake to go with it? Like, please, you want to shake with that? Like, get out of my face. Get out of my face with the natural disasters. Like, chill, L.A. Calm down. Uh, I will say that like a five, uh, a 5.1 earthquake in Los Angeles is like one of those things where like when, when I used to work in theater, we had a 5.1, what, 5.3, I think earthquake is considered a moderate earthquake. It's like considered a strong earthquake. Uh, we had one of those that hit and like, oh, everybody like felt the shake. Everybody stopped. We stopped the play, made sure everybody was good. It was like, all right, hold, please. Everybody, please stay still. Please take care of yourselves. Please don't exit the building. All these other things. And then once it passed, we waited for a little while, and then we just picked up where we left off, resumed the play, and moved on. That's the attitude of earthquakes in LA. They happen, you happen, you, you happen. Like, that's it. They happen, you happen. They happen, you happen. And then you just move on uh, and everything. So the earthquake, not as big of a deal as the entire hurricane that's heading towards Los Angeles. <laughs> Believe it or not, uh, it would be the op- entirely opposite way here, right? Like, if we had a tropical storm coming through, we're like, bah, whatever. Uh, but then if there was an earthquake in Louisiana, none of us would know what to do with ourselves. Our infrastructure would not be prepared to handle that, all of that other stuff. That is where LA is in terms of the hurricane, but the earthquake was just kind of like get the dirt off my shoulder. So then the other part that Dennis Allen talked about that was so interesting was that SoFi Stadium, because it's a glass roof, is considered an outdoor stadium. And so they were like bracing for a, a lightning delay. Like, what are we doing here? What are we doing? So it was just such a weird, wild day for the New Orleans Saints. But hey, they walk away with the victory, 22 to 17. Uh, They know that they've got to get stuff cleaned up. They know that they probably would have rather avoided playing in a hurricane. (laughs) Or I guess by the time that it hits LA, it's going to be more of a tropical storm than a hurricane. But you know, still like LA, not necessarily built for that stuff. So uh, just just a weird day, weird, weird day. Uh, But overall, it seemed that they left with good health. Um, Calvin Throckmorton left early. Kirk Merritt left early. He he was kind of like tending to his knee after a, a kick return where he took a shot to the leg. Uh, and then Jake Hayner went out and then back in. Lonnie Johnson went out and came back in. Lonnie Johnson had the interception that sealed the game. So it seems health-wise, everything's in the clear. But uh, what a what a weird day. What a weird day for the New Orleans Saints. But good on them for managing all of that adversity and coming out with a win on the other side of it. Coming up next, who had the best week, including... Uh, joint practices, uh, even the practice on Tuesday before traveling, all of that. We're going to take it all into consideration from this week and uh, end on a positive note with who had the best week for New Orleans. we got that coming up for you as we continue on to wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, who have a super cool offer available for you right now, because if you bet on a Super Bowl winner, 
You're also going to get bonus bets every time that Super Bowl winner that you picked wins during the regular season. You can then take those bonus bets and use them for things like the money line, over, unders, props, and so much more. It's just a really, really cool way to experience the 2023 NFL season. Just pick your Super Bowl winner and then win those bonus bets every time that that team wins throughout the regular season. You want to check it out, head over to uh, Locked. Nope. You want to head over to FanDuel.com slash Locked On. There we go. And start earning those bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash Locked On. Let's get it. Who that Nation? Wrapping up today's episode of Locked On Saints with our biggest winners from the week when it comes to the New Orleans Saints. And we're taking into consideration their practice on Tuesday, which was here in New Orleans, as well as the practices Thursday and Friday in Costa Mesa against the Chargers, the joint practices. And then, of course, uh, this weekend's game on Sunday, which was the the win over the Los Angeles Chargers. So I want to start off with um, I want to start off with Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr was a big winner this week, even though he didn't participate in uh, in Sunday's game. I do think, though, that for the second week in a row, you watch the offenses not be able to operate the same way that they operated when Derek Carr was at the helm. We saw a very clean drive, 12-play drive, moving down the field. Again, they had the one false start penalty, but nothing to the extent of what we saw with both of these offenses and the inability to be able to move the ball, to connect, to separate, all these other things. So we can just see that the offense operates at a higher level with Derek Carr in there. And look, it helps that Derek Carr also has Chris Olave and Michael Thomas and all that other stuff. But look, we get to see Jameis Winston and Jay Kaner with those guys too. Like those guys get to throw to those guys as well during practices. And we just don't see the same level of cleanliness, the same level of execution uh, as we see with Derek Carr. So I think Derek Carr was a big winner this week. He got an opportunity to really get in some work. I mean, those two joint practices each day, each offense and each first and second team offense did five different team drill period. And in some of those team drill periods, they did more than one series. So we saw these teams do, you know, first team with Derek Carr probably did like maybe two, four, and then five, six, seven, so like seven drives each day, um, you know, on the offensive side, working with the starters going up against a different team. So you saw a lot of work there. You saw him getting really comfortable and continuing to get really comfortable with guys like Chris Olave and uh, Michael Thomas, who were balling out over the course of that week. So I think that that's a big piece of why I say that I think he he wins. And I think the other reason why he wins is because he gets to play behind the first string offensive line and not the second string offensive line like Jameis had to or the third string offensive line like Jake Hayner had to. Uh, although I will say the third string offensive line, I think, bought Jake more time than the second string offensive line. But Jameis more time. And that just happens because what it shows you is that the Saints have a bigger drop off from team one to team two on their offensive line than opposing teams have a drop off team one to team two in their defensive line. And that's, I think, where you're like, okay, you figure you get you get Andrews Pete back and figure out is he your starter or is he a backup? Either way, it boosts your backups because James Hurst can step in there or Andrews Pete is there. You get a healthy Landon Young back, you get, you know, uh, uh, maybe you add another veteran or whatever. Like, there's a lot of different ways that you can bolster all that and, and change all of it. But I think Derek Carr was a big winner this week based on, uh, on some of those things. Another winner for me was uh, Marshawn Lattimore. And I know that Marshawn Lattimore is dealing with a knee injury or had a knee injury during that second joint practice with the Los Angeles Chargers. And the Saints just kind of 
treated it with precaution the way that they've been treating all injuries so far. And we're just kind of like, all right, you're good, homie, sit down. Uh, but he got to go up against guys like, you know, Keenan Allen and um, uh, Mike Williams and uh, Quentin Johnston and all that and still have a great camp the way that he's had a great camp going up against New Orleans Saints receivers who are also talented, but that he's a lot more familiar with. Those guys he was unfamiliar with, it didn't matter. Didn't matter. So Marshall and Lattimore, great week. And then the last one that I'll highlight is Jalen Smith. The New Orleans Saints went out and signed Jalen Smith with the express situ or express uh, intent uh, in finding their off-ball linebacker behind Demario Davis and Pete Werner. Like that, that was their goal, right? Dennis Allen said it to us. He said, "I want to find out." We were trying to figure out who the offensive, who the off-ball linebacker is behind Demario Davis and Pete Werner. We don't know who that guy is yet. Then they signed Jalen Smith, and well, Jalen Smith uh, might have told you that he's the guy. <laughs> uh, he looked great throughout the Chargers practices, made several plays in coverage, also made some plays as a pass rusher as well, which is always super exciting to see. Kind of makes you think of Caden Ellis a little bit. Uh, but outside of that, he also um, had this huge pass breakup on a third down on an out route to a receiver on the right side or the, the defensive, defensive right, offensive left side of the field that he just took and he just did his thing and like got it done. And like, that's the kind of thing that sideline to sideline coverage, his speed, his agility, his ability to react, the way that he reads an offense, all these things help him out so much, even if he has lost the step, quote unquote, when it comes to his speed and agility with the, with the big injury that he had at Notre Dame and all that. But like, he has been remarkably healthy over the course of his NFL career. And now you're just looking at seeing like, can he still be a guy that can contribute? And I think he has shown you that he has. I know I said that Jalen Smith was going to be my last one, but please bear with me. Actually, I do have one more. Peyton Turner. Peyton Turner, Peyton Turner, Peyton Turner, Peyton Turner. Uh, I still think that Carl Grandison's probably the starter opposite Mar opposite Cam Jordan. Almost said opposite Marshall Lattimore. Opposite Cam Jordan, but my goodness, is Peyton Turner letting you know that he deserves them snaps? Um, in one play, the New Orleans Saints did like three things that they've been trying to figure out how to do. A, consistently get pressure on the quarterback with rotational players. Check, right? Then Instead of near sacks, get a sack. Boom. Check. Got that with the sack on Easton Stick. And then create the impact fumbles. We saw Cam Jordan talk about this at the beginning of last year. Creating more impact fumbles, trying to force the fumbles when they get to the quarterback. Boom. You had that as well. And I think I'll even add a fourth on there, which is Brian Brzee recovering that fumble, getting more turnovers. Check. Right? So that's a great thing for New Orleans and Peyton Turner kind of did that. And then he had another nice play to where he he stunted toward the inside and then created a ton of disruption up the middle too. He had himself a very nice week in Costa Mesa, followed it up with a, uh, dare I say, Hollywood style performance in Los Angeles. All right. Just a quick note for you real quick. Um, Jimmy Graham, back with the team. Okay. Back with the team. Uh, this is another part that was probably a part of their like wild, weird, wacky week. Uh, but back with the team, seems everything's going well, going through more medical testing. I wouldn't expect to see him around football until all those medical tests are done, but he's with the team and in good spirits. Dennis Allen gave a little bit of an update uh, after the game. So good to hear. And, um, you know, obviously prayers up to, uh, to Jimmy as somebody like myself who has battled seizures since I was 15 years old. If a seizure is what it was that impacted Jimmy, or if it was some other medical thing, uh, man, I, like I... I have an idea. I'm not going to say I understand because that's too much, but I, I have cognition for what that's like. And I, I, I extend my hopes and my good vibes towards Jimmy, my prayers, all the things. 
Uh, so I hope everything goes well with him. Uh, the Saints have also canceled joint practices. No, they didn't cancel them. The Saints and the Texans both canceled joint practices um, that were supposed to be on Thursday, Friday, including one of those practices was going to be in the Superdome. Wouldn't be surprised if maybe the Saints still did a Superdome practice again just to do it for themselves before that uh, Sunday game or that weekend game against the Texans. But um, it sounds like mounting injuries, according to Jeff Duncan over at NOLA.com, was kind of the big thing for Houston to where they were kind of like, nah, fam, we're Gucci for right now. Like, let's not push it. Like, see y'all during the game. That thumbs up, thumbs up. So I think also what that kind of tells me too is that if they're trying to avoid injuries and they're trying to maintain their ability to get ready for the regular season, that kind of indicates to me that during that final preseason game, we might not see a lot of starters again. And that's okay. Uh, they're going to get a lot of work this week and everything. And then, of course, they'll have the entire practice week to get ready before the actual game on the 10th against the, uh, the, the Tennessee Titans. But I, I would not be surprised to see not a lot of starters on uh, this weekend's game against the Texans. So just a heads up about that. Okay. I appreciate you all very much. As always, make a lockdown Saints your first listen of the day every day. Uh, no second episode tonight because the Saints are off. So therefore, I am off. But tomorrow on Tuesday... We'll get you ready. Uh, we're going to take a look at our film breakdown. If you're over on Subtext, which you can head over to joinsubtext.com slash locked on saints right now, you can sign up 14 day free trial, $4.99 a month after that. If you want to hang out doing a full film study of uh, some of the, the the better parts and some of the the, the things that we want to break down from uh, this weekend's game. And then from that, we'll have some notes for you on Tuesday's episode. But if you want to actually see the film, join subtext.com slash locked on saints. Appreciate you as always making me a part of your day, part of your routine for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, say hi. And if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on your favorite social media at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. And trust you, that nation. I'll holla at you.